0: what on earth is a poly being?
1: (laughs) Well, it's something that I made up (laughs) uh, to talk about a certain point um, about uh, mind uploading and it's sort of to explore an idea that in my experience is almost universally counterintuitive to people. They they just naturally rebel against this idea. And what I, the point I'm trying to make in talking about it and writing the article that I wrote a couple of years ago was to have people confront it and try try to just adopt it and see how it goes and consider if that this idea feels so weird and unacceptable to them might just be because of our evolutionary history and the current state we're in and all beings on earth and are in and not because it's, you know, actually uh, reflecting something that's true. It may just feel weird because it has this situation, the poly being uh, state has never existed on this planet or maybe I don 't know where else, but
0: uh,
1: at least not here, in any kind of being that, that's my proposal, uh, and I think it's be obvious once I get into it. why?
0: Right. We like to think that we have a fixed identity that essentially stays the same throughout our lifetimes, but that's sort of absurd at face value because obviously we change a great deal. Yes. We just have this notion that we're the same when we're two years old as when we're 80. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah, I can even look back 10 years ago and I can find major differences in things I think about and my points of view and my uh, attitudes and things like that. So, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I, it seems that... Uh, at least, our, Unless we have some major injury to our brain or something really malfunctions, though I think we sort of have a core that, it, that we feel is our identity. We're still us, but we've changed some opinions and we've gained more knowledge, but they're still us. But the thing I'm trying to talk about is when there can be more than one of us, and that's when the, the problem comes in. Uh, in the future, when when there can be
0: more than one of us, but it it still injures people's desire to have a unique identity. Yes, more gravely than the fact that people change because it shows they can be duplicated. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah, and the the thing that I'm that I'm sort of focusing in on is the feeling that we all have and and i'm putting myself in this too it feels weird to me too to consider this idea once we get into it uh it it will feel weird to everyone i've only run across one person julio prisco the italian guy who's a really sort of an og in the transhumanist world and uh really cool guy and he said oh i agree completely it didn't didn't seem odd to him at all, but almost everyone else on, in multiple, where I posted the article, on Facebook, private conversations, everything, they just can't handle this idea. And that's the idea that uh, we all have this feeling that our identity, our sense of self, our consciousness is, exists like in Highlander, there can be only one, uh, that we can... We are attached to this location that we're in, in this platform, this body. And if the, if somehow our consciousness were in another body, that that would not be us. And that's that sounds logical. It sounds – but there are certain reasons if you can accept certain premises, if you can go with me so far, then maybe you can take that last step. And what, as, I, as I say in the article right at the beginning of it, it's um, – uh, I give a couple of categories, three categories, of people who don't need to even bother reading this article. You know, people who think, in principle, there's no way to, put, to copy a consciousness and put it into in, in any other being. There's just no way to do that. If, you, if you're in that category, don't bother reading this because it will – it won't affect you at all. (laughs) The other person who doesn't need to read it is just, if you totally accept that that's possible, that you can make a whole brain emulation, you can scan a brain, upload it into something and it's really you. And it's not a, a mere copy or anything like that. That person doesn't really need to read it because the argument, they already accept it. The third category is just kind of a funny one. It's like, I say, uh, if you choose to direct your energies tor- toward near-term solutions, solutions to actual problems and regard this kind of conjecture as so much chin music and premature speculative, speculative ph- philosophical gibber jabber then you can just skip this too because it's, it's so far off future and unlike anything we can do now. So why worry about it? We have lots of other more concrete things to worry about so
0: sure but we keep raising the bar on what should or can be science fiction a lot of the things that were once science fiction are now just parts of our everyday lives or very soon will be so yes when we write these extremely speculative pieces like one serious wonder when i was talking about everyone having access to a super quantum computer mm. in which they could act like a godlike being and experience an entire universe at once right. as all the beings within it it's it's really not impossible and we might see it one day
1: yes interesting interesting well I guess, uh, should I just jump into explaining a little bit of this? Uh, it starts with this sort of thought experiment, a little story. Should I shall I just start going into it so people know what the heck we're talking about?
0: Go right ahead.
1: Okay. So I start with this, um, this little story that uh, happens, oh, I don't know. I picked a date at random, 2045. <laughs> Not really at random. That's the year that some people think that we might be able to be doing some mind uploading. So I pick it. It's around then. It's, uh, I say that this mind loading has been happening for a few years. So they've had a little bit of time to get some of the kinks out of it. And this uh, person, this girl is going to get, have it done to her. I sort of insinuate uh, without going into it, that she may have some physical issues that really motivate her to want to get rid of her biological body and, uh, and be uploaded, so uh she goes to this the mind uploading place uh with her friends and family, and you know they've all been informed what's going on they so they mostly are behind it uh, but i I have this one person who's her uncle who's like the grumpy uncle who doesn't really accept it, and he's like uh, posing questions to her and doubts all along the way. So she goes in there. Uh, the, the technicians co- take her into the room, say, you guys can come back later. We're going to, there's the first phase of it. will be done later today, but then we'll, there's more to be done after that. So they come back after, you know, in, probably in the afternoon or something after many hours. And the first phase has been done, which, which is where they, they have scanned her and, brain. Her, it's not one of these destructive scans that people talk about now where they slice your brain up. This is advanced stuff in the future where they can just scan everything to an extreme uh, level of detail and uh, fine-grained um, level of getting everything they need, whatever that is, which we don't even know, <laughs> everything that's necessary, um, and uh, putting it into just just a head prosthetic and hooked up to, you know, inputs, outputs, so she can hear and talk to them, the family. And so they come, they come in to see her in, in this stage. And, um, they sort of switch, switch the head on that has her, her consciousness in it. And it wakes up, it looks around and she gets a big smile and says it worked. Okay. So that's the first clue that, well, that must be her. She sort of knows what's going on and she's uh saying it worked. She knows where what just happened and what she did. They also do a one little thing where they do a they tell they have a conversation with the the biological person before the process starts and and they tell an actual a little story that was designed just for for this purpose. And then when they wake the person up, the technicians talk to her and continue the conversation they had before and ask, talk about this story. And it's just kind of a high level thing to see if generally it worked. Uh, uh, they can do all sorts of technical things to check out if it worked, comparing the, the scan to the, to the instantiation of it in, in the, whatever substrate they put it into. But they, uh, uh, this is just sort of a story that will convince uh, the family and everything. that It seems to be her because they heard, they heard them talk about the story before she went in and now she's talking about it again. Okay, fine. So it's just, um, so eventually she's talking to people and they're just going, you know, wow, what does it feel like? They're talking, talking. And then there's this, uh, well, then finally they, They talk for a while. Everything seems to be fine. Then they all are are filed out because there's going to be like probably like 24 hours or something to do the next process, which is to put her in an entire body uh, and connect everything up so she can control that body and everything. And that's going to take longer. So they're they're shuffling out. And then her friend who came with her happens to glance through the window, glass window, and then sees – her biological body laying on the table there uh, uh, unconscious. And it hits him. He goes, whoa, because he'd just been going along with the process and accepting, oh, he's talking to his, his friend who's now this prosthetic head and everything seems fine. But then he goes, whoa, uh, you're in there. And then he starts to wonder, well, which one is you? Uh, I thought you were here, but you're in there and start having these, the usual, problems that everyone has with this idea. And uh, when they come back and talk to her, the the grumpy uncle doesn't want to accept her either. This, this body that seems kind of like her, seems a lot like her, in fact, but uh, he feels it's probably just some sort of copy robot clone thing that's not exactly her. So eventually, moving on, she... There's, a, there's one option that anyone has available to them when they do this process, which is they can, if they want to, have their biological self woken up and uh, have a conversation with it and really convince themselves if they have any doubt that they are them, they're, they're both them, one is not less than or anything like that, like something wasn't missed in the process and all that. And she does that. And she has this uh, conversation with her other self. And after a while, they, you know, a couple hours of talking, they, they decide mutually that, yeah, this, I'm, I'm you and you're you. And that's sort of the fundamental thing of this story is that they're both really you. That's the idea of the poly being, which is what's hard for people to accept. People feel, and all the copies, say you made five copies of these, uh, probably every copy would feel like they are the one. They are the true one. These other guys are suspect because they all have that sense of self and that sort of ego attachment to the one place where their consciousness is residing. And so they'll all probably think that. And as far as I'm concerned, they're all right, because this is a situation that has never occurred before. Like people will say, yes, but these copies, they're each individual entities. And yes, I agree they're they're each individual, but they start off and they can branch off and have different experiences. And then they'll start diverging and not be as, as unified as they started. But the thing that's different is we can say, Well, me and my friend were two different entities. Uh, Me and my brother or sister are two different, although we're closer in some way biologically. Uh, Even if we're two identical twins, we're very close. And, you know, I've always heard identical twins have such a connection Uh, and being so similar, even separated twins and all this, they sometimes choose the same careers and same, 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 same many things. And uh, it's, it's really crazy, but we're not even talking about that. We're not even talking about something maybe even, maybe closer. It's very similar, I guess, uh, a clone of yourself. They're two different people. Um, but this is different from all of those. What we have to accept if we want to go along with this little uh, thought experiment is that, They're two separate entities, and they are both you. They're all you. If there are five of them, they're all the same as you. It doesn't matter that we feel that we are the only one or the biological one is the only one, because if you can go – obviously, this is a materialist, kind of functionalist, patternist kind of idea, which – is that everything you are, what I'm proposing in this, my hypothesis is, and I, I didn't create this hypothesis, many people have it, that everything that you are, everything about you, the sum total of your consciousness, and when I say that I just mean you name it, it About if it's about you, that's what I'm talking about. The entire thing, known and unknown, that it makes you you, an individual, unique person, I'm calling that your consciousness, even though it includes maybe your subconscious and all kinds of things we don't even know about. Whatever you say is about you, that's your consciousness. And my hypothesis is that it comes from your brain, the operations of a human brain. And it doesn't come from anywhere outside the brain. So I'm not a dualist, right? And I could be totally wrong. All of us uh, monists or whatever it could be totally wrong. But the the thing that intrigues me about this is that this kind of uh, experiment, this mind loading thing is the thing that's going to give us our answer or get us closer to it. At least some people may not even accept it even then, but closer to answering these questions, because right now uh, I mentioned in this, uh, I don't know if I mentioned the article or some of the comments when I'm discussing it with people that I purposely didn't see. I started doing A.I. research like back in the early mid 80s, somewhere in there and reading about consciousness and uh, not mind uploading, but neural network stuff. It was right when that stuff was starting to come back in vogue. Uh, When I say back in vogue, I mean. Way earlier, there was an idea of a perceptron and people trying to make things that were kind of like neurons and things like that. But it really started getting into this connectionism and back propagation and all this stuff in the 80s. And so I was studying this for a long time. But when I wrote this article two years ago, I said on purpose, I'm not going to look and see what the current state of things are. Uh, even though I knew some of it because I'd been following some things, but just whatever I was interested in, not a broad picture of everything. And I said, I'm not going to find out what everyone's differing opinions are on this. I'm just going to throw this idea out there. And because I know that all of us are just giving opinions and conjectures and hypotheses based on our bias. And I openly say my bias is a, a kind of a biological bias that, that we come from our brain. Our mind minds are what brains do. And our consciousness is a result of our brain, not some special other thing, some X factor or anything like that. That's where I'm coming from. Uh, even though I may be proven wrong in the future. So, um, All of that is sort of some background Uh, to finish the story. It, she, she decides it's cool. She decides that they keep her biological body around for about 30 days, just in case she wants to back out and say, forget this, uh, this uploaded body and consciousness and all that. I'm going to go back to being a biological person and just wake, wake her up. And she just goes along her merry way. But she decides after uh, some point in the story, she says, no, my body's too messed up because of disease or whatever, whatever the issues are that I don't really state. Uh, She said, "I'm, I'm happy with this existence, this thing, and I'm going to go on and live in, in it. So I distinguish between what we are now, what we have always been, mono beings, which there's only one version of our consciousness, and it's located only in one place, and versus poly beings, which will be something we can maybe do in the future when we can do mind uploading, which we can have more than one copy of our consciousness in more than one platform, and even backups of our consciousness, things like that. So... Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty pretty much the the gist of it. There's lots of people have lots of questions. I mean, at this point I expect certain people to be just screaming about, you know, the the hard problem of consciousness and this and how do we know and and uh, and uh philosophical zombies and things like that. So from my biased point of view right now, I think a lot of some of these things like the transporter problem and the P zombies and all this, to me, these are ways of denying, just being a denialist and just saying, I have this feeling that there's more to me than just this, what this brain does. And I can't believe that copying a brain to whatever level of detail will get all of me. Something will be missing. Even people that sort of don't believe that, I think they have that in kind of – it's in their bones. They, it's a feeling that we are special, that we're more than our biology. And who knows? Maybe we'll find out we are, and there's some magic thing or something else. But I, my bias is that we probably are come from our biology, and all of this – when uh, especially the zombie thing some of the things i've read it's almost no matter what what evidence there is or what you observe to say that this person is is exactly like the the original once it's been copied you just won't accept it. you say well of course it seems like it but inside there's no one home there's nothing going on and it's almost an unfalsifiable thing it seems to me that there's no way to get these people out of it because they just want to disbelieve it no matter what, no matter how real this person seems and functions and et cetera, et cetera. So I'll shut up for, for
0: now. Okay. Well, someone from a dualist religion, mm-hmm. from the Abrahamic faith, yeah. I could see having some quibbles with this. Yes. On the other hand, a Buddhist or a Vedantist would say, well – you are just duplicating the consciousness atman is brahman or really all form is emptiness and that's that
1: mm-hmm. yeah and uh, you know that it's interesting you bring that up because i'm starting to well okay let me go back i uh, so far I, i've been fascinated with neural uh, brain like simulations for decades but i've only known enough about neurology to just to be dangerous, right? So I just – I, I, I kind of have like this high-level, vague gist of certain things about it. But now I've, I've started – last week I signed up for a course that I'm going to be starting at uh, online, free Harvard course in neuroscience, and I want to start really taking advantage of lots of these – free online courses and really get a much more detailed understanding of it. So in that process also, I read people, since you mentioned Buddhism, people, well, people online all the time will say, oh no, well, this is silly because uh, your sense of self, self is an illusion and, and this and that. And they'll just make these statements as though they know oh, how consciousness works and identity and all that, like that's been solved which it hasn't yet. And, and they come at it from this Buddhist idea. And, and like someone like Sam Harris writes about that, about the self being an illusion and free will being an illusion thing. So I'm, I'm sort of studying that right now, these ideas that I I think I see some flaws in them, but I'm only like halfway into them, but it does. On one hand, uh, I've noticed certain Buddhist ideas are more, Uh, amenable to this kind of talk that I'm uh, (laughs) talking about. But, uh, but still sometimes they make some people who call themselves Buddhists make categorical statements as though they know.
0: Yes. Uh, And
1: and so that, so I just want to understand more what that, what that uh, point of view is. And I'm in the middle of that. So,
0: some of the most irritating people I have known in my entire life were Buddhists. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in the recording because that needs to be said here and now. Okay.
1: you are planting your flag there. <laughs> okay, in uh, what what is uh, in a particular uh, on a particular topic they are, or just generally annoying, or what? <laughs>
0: I would say generally, but as you mentioned earlier, it's this dogma. It's a secular dogma, even though even in their earliest scriptures you find this strong empiricist spirit. Mm -hmm. The Buddha discouraged dogma and recognized the need for religious systems to evolve over time. Uh And the same goes for Vedanta in Hinduism. Now, the... I mean, the problem of consciousness is a big topic, and that goes well beyond what we're talking about. As you mentioned earlier, the incredulity that you met, I don't doubt that it can be done, but as someone with a background in software and in biology, I know how easy it is to foul something up and how hard it is sometimes to figure out why it's fouled Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I assume that in the early stages of when we first think we can do this and try it, yeah, I expect it to be fouled up. <laughs> it would definitely. I mean, they they won't have the they won't have gotten all the the level of detail in my article in my thing. I throw a bone to the the people who talk about the microtubules and quantum this and that, and say that you know they they've get good. They've scanned all these microstructures and things like that. So whatever it is that you need to get, it may take us a while to get down to that level of detail and fine-grained.
0: Biology is sort of like pulling one of those long ropes out of a clown's mouth. (laughs) It just Keep keeps coming. coming and coming, and there's all kinds of new fluids on the rag <laughs> as you pull it out. Wow,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a messy thing, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, even though like I'm a this transhumanist type person, and I I like technology and all this stuff. Some people are kind of shocked sometimes when I refer to our our current level of understanding is like some sort of monkey brained ape level of understanding of the universe because all the things that we think are so amazing we've we've basically had some kind of working knowledge of science maybe i don 't know if we stretch it maybe two hundred years depending on which fields we 're talking about, but a couple hundred years or a hundred years or something like that that we 've understood how certain principles of biology and physics and this and that to a level that we can sort of make sense of the world and, and do things actually, create technologies and things like that. But I, I always caution people not to get too impressed with ourselves because, and you can, I've even heard phys- physicists in interviews say, oh, yes, we've got, we basically have all the the understanding of all the principles of the universe, we're just sort of polishing things up and getting, (laughs) getting the details. Right. And I expect that some things that we think are ironclad rules of the universe are going to be overturned or if not totally overturned, we're going to go to another higher level of detail that, that shows that on another level or lower level as as it may be sometimes, that things behave differently or, you know, things don't, don't apply. Just, we've seen this already happen, you know, with quantum things versus, uh, so I expect that, yeah, it's going to be really hard to figure this stuff out. But the, the thing that's appealing to me about it, because I started off as an AI guy and, and reading about people trying to create these, you know, conceptual structures, these, these things that they made that were kind of like how people think or how they thought, think we think, and and make these kind of knowledge structures, they would call them in, in uh, AI. And that was, you know, it was obviously very artificial and not very biologically authentic, but that's what they were doing. But once this brain simulation type of idea started taking hold in the 80s, then I got really excited about it, because like, as other people pointed out, there could be a time where we can copy the entire brain and the entire, our entire consciousness pattern, which I don't just mean our connectome. I don't just mean the way things are connected up, because I don't think that that's one level, but we have to know all of the Neurotransmitter concentrations at the synapses, and the, whether these things are excitatory and hi, inhibitory, and all these things—that's what sort of uh, is represents our knowledge. Not just the way things are connected up, but once we know all of this stuff, then then we can um, then we can see what's going on. I forget exactly where I was starting to go with this, but the point is, uh, it's going to take a lo- a long time. With things being fouled up for sure, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, it would be kind of comical probably to see the first version of of someone, someone's consciousness uploaded and.
0: It would be comical, maybe <laughs> harrowing right, right. For to person,
1: <laughs> to other people, to outsiders. It might be comical who knew knew how the original <laughs> person was and go. Whoa! This is a this is not good. <laughs> anyway,
0: this also opens a door for all sorts of fun experiments. I was thinking, if you put someone's consciousness in a virtual realm, right? If they would begin to perceive that as real and simply let go of physical reality, because they would be completely immersed in it.
1: Yeah yeah it, that seems reasonable to me, especially if we imagine decades in the future when these things are realer than real, you know that are like they don't seem artificial at all, probably by then, the resolution and the detail and all that right now you go into virtual reality uh, things i've seen online i've never gone into them, but uh videos it's way better than it used to be, but it's still janky and jerky and you can tell you're not exactly
0: but yeah in
1: some future when this stuff is like almost indistinguishable or indistinguishable from reality yeah I I can see someone just accepting that as reality that's why maybe why people think speculate that we might be in a simulation right now just a really good one
0: (laughs) but I think if you implanted someone's consciousness even in say Super Mario World or Pong (laughs) On some level, they would become Mario or the Little Pong Paddle.
1: Wow. Maybe.
0: These are the kinds of things that you say on harsh acid.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was just going to say after the several bong hits or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, do you see some intersection between what we're talking about here and artificial intelligence um
1: oh that that gets me back to what uh, the train of thought that i lost a, a minute ago the reason why yeah the difference between artificial intelligence and this mind uploading the reason i got interested more interested in this is because we'll get to the point where we can copy a brain at the right level of detail and at first when we first do it say we do it Detailed enough to be successful, and it works. And you go, and it seems like that person is there, uh, that you uploaded. We we don't even necessarily know how it works, you know. It, it's just replicating a brain. And although at that point we'll be able to go in. And tinker with it, and you may have, you know, you may get volunteers to say, okay, upload up, up my consciousness in this, and then you have permission to tinker with it, and you know, cut out this area of neurons and see what happens, and da da, da and, and scan along and, and see all these things that you can't necessarily do in a biological uh, specimen, um, and they might be they might be able to discover a lot of things once all of this is turned into data and can be simulated run on a simulation or processed some sort of information processing system of the future that is like beyond what we can think of now. Um, So that's why I'm interested in it because we can, we may be able to get there, get to having a, an intelligence in a non-biological form before we can come up with an AI version, which is kind of our, guesstimates or assumptions or kind of very clever programming things of how to make something act intelligent or be able to process a lot of information, remember a lot of things, and da-da-da, and act, behave in a way that seems intelligent, or maybe some will argue it is intelligent, But, but we usually don't talk about it having consciousness that much, but If it does have consciousness, it will be so different from ours probably because it wasn't derived biologically, It didn't go through. It doesn't have all this baggage of natural selection and our, you know, scarcity-driven monkey alpha ape violent behavior and things like that. So, um, yeah, so I just see mind uploading as a, a better way to get to a uh, to an artificial intelligence, if you want to still call it artificial, which I would tend not to, once it's an actual brain uploaded. But yeah, I just consider AI as a kind of a a useful form of fancy programming and you know, could do a lot of things but it doesn't necessarily have to tell us that much about our our thought processes and human biological workings of a of a real biological brain they could operate in totally different ways uh yet still be useful and impressive
0: i was thinking more along the lines of Artificial intelligence interfacing with human brains, which would be more of uh, yeah. intelligence augmentation. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, it, people like uh, Kurzweil and others have said, you know, it's it, that might be sort of mandatory or highly advisable. Other, otherwise, you could have this process where you create these entities that far go far beyond us intelligence wise and leave us in the dust and and we are kind of uh the the old uh monkey uh stepchildren <laughs> redheaded stepchildren in the basement or whatever to these things but if we can if we can enhance ourselves and take advantage of this hardware software wetware combo uh then maybe we can s- stay current and keep keep up with this in some way. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's would be great. And maybe that's a uh, a bridge before we can get to full brain uh uploading, mind uploading.
0: Based on my conversations with different AI experts, yeah. there seems to be some substantial differences in their confidence regarding AI and the emergence of AGI, its likelihood. Yeah, yeah. Intelligence augmentation is tempting because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. For all of its faults, yeah. and despite the fact that most of them are pretty terrible, <laughs> human brains are awesome inventions. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. And, uh, yeah, that it's, <laughs> you mentioned the, the baggage that comes along with it. Yeah, there's some terrible things. But, yeah, they, it's, it's definitely awesome to us. I mean, it, it blows our minds. Our minds blow our minds <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, people frequently refer to them as the most complex things in the universe, which, you know, we, don't, we haven't seen much of the universe. But it, at least from our point of view, they seem amazing. And I think that's that's the reason why some people want to think they're more than just biology, because they are so amazing. How can I think of all these philosophical things and all this, and it's just neurons firing down there? Well, one of the things I learned early on from getting into – when I first got into AI, first heard of it, and any of this this thinking was – from Douglas Hofstetter's book, uh, Girdle, Girdle Escherbach. Right. Um, and the thing I, one of the important things I got from that was to look at things on, at different levels. And, you know, people will say, oh, especially religious people will debate with non-religious people and say, you're just, you're just atoms in motion. You know, how can you decide what is moral or this and that you're just, you're just, and, Some people think, well, if it's just these neurons firing, how do we get all this amazing stuff? Well, that's just looking at the lowest level, just like you could look at an amazing computer animation. That's like beautiful, artistic, has sound and 3D graphics and it's amazing thing. And you might, you can look down other levels to the software level, down to the hardware level and go, yeah, but look at this chip. All it's doing is these, these, little, these little logic gates. They're just flipping, and then it doesn't know anything about art and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, well, yeah, If you look down, if you stay looking at that level, and be a, a reductionist that only stays down there and doesn't go up to well, the, when these are combined into layers of many many of these things, and da da da, just like our brain is, you can you can dwell on the the micro level and think. Where is my consciousness there? Well, it's not there yet, because you've got to combine these things, and, and uh, once you get up to higher levels and different parts of the brain that have evolved to do different things, and we have this whole added-on neocortex type of thing that I think chimps don't have, we get to uh, eventually get the ability to have like abstract thought. And we can have symbols that mean that represent things, and we can think of things that don't exist, and we can do all this magical stuff because we have some extra brain stuff, and it we had inputs to it, and we learned all these patterns, and now we can do this fancy stuff. So that's where
0: right it. the human neocortex is more developed than those of other mammals. Mm-hmm. And it's the source of you know, higher cognition, empathy, lots of good things, or what we consider good. Yeah. To a lizard or a rock or a cockroach, maybe they're not so good. Maybe there would be encumbrances to being a cockroach. <laughs> but as you were saying, when it comes to levels. Yeah. This great endeavor of understanding the brain and being able to duplicate brains or modify brains is going to require both reductionistic and holistic thinking. Yeah, I think so. I remember once a professor said reductionism can become pretty absurd. Mm-hmm. Think about trying to explain the First World War in terms of quarks.
1: <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And try explaining a conversation in terms of biological molecules.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even though all those are happening, quarks and biological uh, molecules are involved in those things. Uh, if you stay down there, yeah, you're going to miss the boat. <laughs> if, yeah.
0: At this point in our development, maybe we'll have machines one day that can explain historical events in terms of subatomic molecules. Mm-hmm. Wow, but uh, particles, but uh, and none of us could possibly understand that at this point.
1: Yeah, I sure couldn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, and that's something that I've wondered about with transhumanism because I, I'm not. I've never really given myself the label, or maybe I have at some point, but I was drinking and I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we'll forgive you.
0: (laughs) And it's hard enough to define anyways. Yeah. But what a lot of people fear on some level, and the deepest fear about it, is that in some way we'll lose what makes us human. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of us seem to sort of have an idea of what that means. Yeah. We live, we suffer, we fall in love. Right. But I think, I like to think that all of these technologies will just be extensions of our lives. There will be ways of enriching them and adding to them instead of replacing parts. Yes. Maybe replacing the bad parts like getting sick and dying
1: yeah 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 i I see it uh, someone like uh, James Hughes has mentioned things like uh, you know a time when we can just when we have access and control of certain brain processes as, that we can modulate our certain hormones, neurotransmitters, things that put us into certain states of that we would like to be in. And we have sort of control over that and we don't have to, um, we can almost just put ourselves in whatever state is, is valuable or necessary for whatever we're doing. You know, you could shut down certain things or minimize them when you just want to chill and, you know, you don't want to worry about things or you could ramp those certain other things up when you want to be creative and, And uh, you may you may want to put yourself into sometimes people worry about, oh, if you take away competition between things and things get too easy and and we we master, you know, matter and we can manipulate matter and there's we run out of scarcity issues then we won't have anything to struggle against. Well, that's how we got this far. We we struggled against resource scared, scarcity, and some people won and some people lost. And we st- we're still doing that, but we may be able to get to a point where, yeah, we're not doing that. We don't have that thing that drives us now anymore. We don't need it. And we can, if we want it for some reason, maybe we can turn it on and have a little competition with somebody or something uh, that is the the appealing thing to me is that these things can become optional and we're not victims of our bad brain chemistry that we may, may have gotten and have a, you know, mental issues that hold us back and that we would rather not have. And we can just put ourselves into states, mind states that are useful.
0: Right. You might There might be some guy, for instance, who's, pugnacious mm-hmm. and then you ask why is he pugnacious yeah. and someone might give you a lengthy explanation about his childhood yeah. or his small penis or whatever <laughs> yeah. or they might say well he has an excess of adrenaline yeah. something like that right. or more than likely they're just going to say he's an ass <laughs> yeah, right. but then the question is why is he an ass yeah right what can be done about that yeah. yeah and surely there is something there's a solution and that goes back to this idea of fixed identities, and that's extremely problematic and even more so than changing perceptions about life and death i this is going to be a tough nut to crack yeah. but one of the best vehicles to convey this to people is through religion because there are already a lot of scriptures at least eastern scriptures that talk about these things
1: yeah i've uh i sort of grew up around some eastern ideas my parents went to an eastern and indian uh religion or they would just call it a spiritual philosophy or things like that so and some other eastern r- religious people i was around when i was young and I used to go for it a little bit when I for to a certain point until I got into college and started taking philosophy and other things and I realized that I just chose to believe these things just because I liked them. I thought, "Oh, it would be cool if the universe worked that way." These these guys are so very uh live and let live and they're not, you know, trying to force anybody into stuff. So, yeah, but so I am I am very uh uh, what's the word? I'm very. Uh, I tend to like those those kinds of eat more Eastern uh, visions of the universe, even though I now I don't accept any of them as necessarily true. They may they may come up with some true isms, uh, but. Yeah, I don't really buy into any kind of religious thing, but. Definitely if I had to, if you put a gun to my head and say, which religion are you going to be, it would be some kind of version of Eastern religion or or maybe Unitarians that will just, as my favorite novelist Tom Robbins says, they will embrace any heresy. So <laughs> they, uh, they, they just whatever, you know, uh, anything like that that's very live and let live and not dogmat- as dogmatic in the ways that I don't like Western religions then, uh, yeah, I can dig those.
0: I'm wondering about how intelligence will evolve. We've gotten to this point largely through... Well, through gradual steps and also through some leaps and bounds here and there. Okay. Even though that's one of those arcane and hotly debated topics in evolutionary theory that nobody really cares about and it doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> yeah. Besides to Gould and Dawkins and Gould is dead. <laughs> right, right. So artificial intelligence could help us to begin to reverse engineer the brain. And we could begin to create an artificial intelligence that's not that's only loosely based on the way our brains work. Yes, right. And in some way the two can converge and eventually what we call intelligence and consciousness and sensation and perception all all becomes inconceivable to us at this time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Uh this merging of yeah, whether it's whether it's biologically plausible or not, it, if it can, it can provide you with some sort of enhanced functioning and memory and processing power, then, then yeah, it's cool. Because that's, that's just getting a, a technology, a functional tool, uh, and not worrying about whether we're discovering something deep about our consciousness or psychology or the way the brain functions. So that's, there's sort of these two different Tracks, I think um, the people the people who really want to know how the brain works the, the the human brain works are not really impressed with those AI things, but those AI things could give us some upgrades in the meantime, so I think they're v- both ways are valuable, but they just have different foci i guess. <laughs>
0: And if the technology became widely available to people mm-hmm. there are some nice applications too, like putting your consciousness into numerous robots and just sending it right. to all the four corners of the world. Right. But then there's there are other things like taking someone's consciousness, putting it either into a physical body or into a simulation, and then you know, either torturing it or just playing with it in some way. Right.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. A lot of people are worried about that. I've had conversations with people about that, worried that just someone will just hijack your consciousness and just be a a psychopath and want to torture and all that. So just like we have to have countermeasures In the the world of computers, you know, antivirus things and security measures we will have to come up with things that we don't even have right now that are ways to intervene on anyone who would want to sort of hijack our consciousness. And we'd have to have a way of dealing with those things. We have to think about that someday. Sooner rather than later would be good, but we're, we're so far off. But yeah, I've had those discussions where we really need to have ways of... Uh, dealing with someone who wants to do that. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, Let me just digress one little thing right here. Something I've been meaning to write about is uh, I got to the point where I said, you know, maybe the most important area of research that we should be doing right now, putting almost all our effort into is... For lack of a better word, uh, moral enhancement, where we can sort of, just like we have, we've gotten to the point where we can fix or prevent certain diseases, maybe we need to put a lot of effort into fixing some of these bad, leftover monkey brains things that are still in us that make us want to dominate other people and you know, I, I consider these people to have broken brains in some way, and for them to want to do that to anyone is a sort of a defect. Uh, and for us to be able to modulate that and fix that and redirect it, um, that might be more important. Because if you think of the other thing that I think is the most important thing, that other in other moments is some sort of matter replicator some sort of advanced 3d printing that's like beyond anything we can think of now that's actual you know deconstructing certain junk garbage matter laying around to get raw materials to reconstruct it into something useful including food water medicine anything so then you reduce the 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 scarcity issues and the the fighting over resources and all that. But then if you, if you have such an amazing device that can create almost anything or anything, then if you still have psychopaths running around who have broken brains and want to uh, enslave people and torture people, then they can use that to create anything that will help them in that quest. So it seems like a, a uh, getting a handle on these broken brain states, I'll call them, may be one of the most important things. So we can, we can distance ourselves from our leftover monkey stuff that we evolved with and get, a, get to a higher level where we don't need to dominate other people and things like that. And that's, that plays, it goes hand in hand with mastering matter, being able to manipulate matter so that matter is not an issue anymore because we don't have really a scarcity of atoms on the world. We have a scarcity of atoms in particular configurations, like configurations of food or water or whatever certain technologies, whatever you need Once we can do that, and people may think that is so bizarrely thousands of years science fiction-y to think of, I just don't see anything that says we cannot do that someday. And I don't know. I think it may come sooner than people think of being able to do that. And so once you can do that, you don't want it to become a tool for making the most horrible weapons and whatever by people with broken brains. So the broken brain thing. The fixing the broken brain thing maybe should be top of our list.
0: I am inclined to agree with you, but there are many people who would have objections to it because they are saying that the need to murder, cheat, lie, and steal is what makes them a special snowflake. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm sure they will say that. But if you're a special snowflake that is a danger to all the other snowflakes, uh I don't know. We have a sort of a tradition of trying to isolate those dangerous snowflakes and keep them from damaging the other snowflakes and I don't know. I don't see it as any different than than you know, locking up or, or altering the behavior of a cr- criminal who's trying to kill other people, but now we're doing it at a a fundamental level. We're changing them. We're going to actually change their brain so that they don't have those brain states. And of course we don't want to get rid of every weird brain state because, you know, as people, we all know people that have very oddly behaving brains that do, that come up with amazingly creative ideas and things like that. So it's not just like, there's some orthodoxy that we all have to uh, adhere to. But when it gets to the point of, of snowflakes that want to kill other snowflakes, we got to draw the line there and say, yeah, okay, you may feel special, but your specialness is a danger to us. And since you're not uh, curtailing that impulse, we're going to do it for you. And then you, once once we fix you, you're going to be happy.
0: And I've made this case, even when I was 11, 12 years old, that individuality is this pipe dream, because you're this component in a wider environment that you're influenced by.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: And whether it is your genes or the environment around you, there's nothing, you're not really determining what you are. It's only once we have these technologies that we can have some control over who we really are, what we do.
1: Yes, I think so too, and uh, that's why it's appealing to me. So, so we, we can—I mean, that's—I think that's what's appealing to most transhumanist type people: that we don't want to be at the mercy of biology anymore. I mean, my history is directly uh, uh, speaks to that because I've had like all these physical issues, injuries and syndromes and things. And I've had like eight surgeries that, and all of these have taken me out of being able to do what I was trying to do with my life many times. And so my biology has been an impediment to things I've been trying to accomplish at many stages over decades. And so I think I'm psychologically primed to want to uh, take Uh, take over from biology and have some say in it uh, and not just be a quote victim of biology.
0: For me, I think it was at a very young age just realizing there's something very wrong with how everything here was designed. (laughs) I could do better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, intelligent design is quite a Quite a overhyped uh, idea. There's lots of unintelligence in lots of designs that we see around here.
0: As yes, if you're talking about biology, yeah, right. maybe they can maybe they can make the case that the fundamental laws of physics were very well balanced and fine-tuned, and thus there's some sort of smoking gun there. Yeah. But as uh, those arguments have all been gone over ad nauseum, right. and the truth is, I wonder why so many people who struggle with algebra and I imagine even feeding themselves in the morning <laughs> feel this need to argue endlessly about the existence or non existence of supernatural beings. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, somehow I don't have that impulse to. <laughs>
0: I lost it a long time ago, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: mostly because I realized I wasn't quite bright enough to figure it out one way or the other.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something I noticed that um, a lot of people who have those cert- those kinds of beliefs they just really lack like the idea of certainty, and uh, people who are more of a scientific disposition they just accept well we're kind of certain about certain things. We, we know some things and these things work and we can put them into use, but there's some other stuff we're not certain about at all. And it's going to take a long time. And we just have to go, I don't know yet. We don't know. And uh, if you, if you can't be comfortable in that kind of state, then maybe you are more motivated to go towards the certainty kind of belief angle but I, I'm perfectly fine to say, well, we don't know now, but we'll just keep plugging away at it. Maybe we will know.
0: And that's that's all we can do. But when you step back and you analyze anyone's beliefs, and we all have certain beliefs that we have to hold on to because if we lived in perpetual doubt about everything we thought and did, <laughs> we couldn't get anything accomplished. Yeah, right. But when you step back about these things like identity, soul, God, all of yeah. just, what is not just, all the big questions of philosophy, yeah. you realize that we're just this big hodgepodge of fairly arbitrary notions of what is true and what is not. Mm-hmm. And But that's not the problem. The problem lies in assuming that they're correct and assuming that we're at the final point in our evolution Mm
1: -hmm. oh yeah yeah Uh, i i have no doubt that i mean in even a a short time like a hundred years probably we won't even recognize what we've become just in that time because we're not subject to natural selection as much as we used to be less and less maybe yeah, and it's going to just become less and less. We're going to be in charge of it, and we're going to take it in a direction that by all, uh, natural selection would not have
0: gone. Well, let would say in, in the next 10 years, I think that certain gene therapies will allow us to add 15 to 30 points, mm. to average IQ across the board. Wow. By doing that and doing that alone, the world will ap- will come transform completely. Yeah. And in spite of all of the psychopaths, the very intelligent psychopaths in <laughs> in movies and TV right. the truth is there's a correlation between intelligence and empathy. Mm.
1: A positive correlation? A positive one. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I
0: forget I'm talking to yes that's the other you know when you're talking about side effects if you're talking to a, a biologist or a medical person you have to say negative side effects <laughs> right
1: right yeah wow yeah that's that's interesting i mean that's i i would tend to think that more intelligence would be great uh, and then and then you have certain philosophical people who say well, what the world needs is not necessarily more smart people. It needs more good people. But you're saying that sometimes those things go hand in hand.
0: The road to hell is paved with good
1: intentions. <laughs> yeah. I've heard...
0: Okay. Winnie the Pooh, for instance, is a good bear. He's a nice person, but he's a moron. <laughs> Okay. And without Christopher Robin, the 100-acre wood would just be in flames like my kitchen this morning. <laughs> and it's also – we have to address this problem of inflexibility. And unfortunately, and no offense to you, okay. it comes with age.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, pr- I'm pretty much a geezer. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: But if somehow we could restore the plasticity to people's brains, mm. not only would they be able to learn things faster, but they would also be able to shift their beliefs.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I'm sure you've known people, you know, 60, 70 plus, who get certain ideas in their head. Yeah. <laughs> and no matter what you say to them, right. what evidence you confront them with, yeah. they refuse.
1: Right, right, right. There's there's a great uh, little bit of uh, – Steve Martin talks about that. He says, once you get to a certain age, you just – you can just say, we're closed. Oh, oh <laughs> this new thing? Nope, we're closed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I know what you mean.
0: And what the sad thing, truly sad to me – Some of them are even aware, at least in their 60s, mid to late 60s, they're aware of this closing, of the shrinking of their world, and their inability to really assimilate new developments.
1: Yes, I definitely have seen that in people 20 years older than me. Um, Yeah, and I'm just hoping when I get to that point, I'm not that way, because right now I'm, I'm open to I've changed a lot of ideas in the last few years and I plan I'm plan on hope that I will in the next few years too and I hope that doesn't stop because uh I don't know it's just the the only the only way we have right now of upgrading our our brains is uh, learning new things reading and learning and so for
0: well you do just about everything someone can do to keep their brain healthy. Yeah. yeah. There's hope. Yes. Goethe wrote the second part of Faust in his eighties. Ah. Late.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There are those.
0: Uh, and I don't know if he was at that time chasing kids off his lawn <laughs> and saying, "Get off of my lawn."
1: <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> Isn't that you have to do that if you're
0: eighty <laughs> yeah yeah, but and that really ties in with everything we've talked about mm-hmm. is the major issue for all of these different movements for life extension, for reconsidering human identity for Uh, preventing crime, Mm -hmm. for fundamentally changing society involves totally throwing away everything you thought was true, everything that's commonsensical, that people have told you, Mm -hmm. that you've been taught in school, that history sort of reconfirms because, of course, these ideas and even the possibilities weren't around at that time. And Mm -hmm. say, I'm ready to start anew. I'm ready to let myself be empty and flow with the Tao.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my way Uh, that it's funny you say that because I, just this morning I was looking up a person in case this topic came up, who was, who I saw online being interviewed and about mind uploading stuff. And he was saying almost exactly everything that I'm saying. And, we, we totally uh, agree on these certain ideas. And then at the end of it, he goes uh, – the interviewer asks him something about, wow, that's going to be really crazy when that can happen, when there can be multiple copies of you and this and that. And the guy says, after all this, and he's researching this and he's promoting it in, uh, to some extent, he says, I just hope I'm dead before this happens. Go, what the hell? He just, I just don't want to be around in a world that is that different. And I'm going, that's just a a different kind of psychology that I can't understand. I mean, I want to be in a world that is a lot different. uh, But that was just a step too far for him. And this is what he is working towards. He's working toward it, but he thinks it would be horrible for it to happen. And I just couldn't understand that. Uh, It's bizarre. Anyway, so you reminded me of that.
0: It, we like to stand on terra firma. (laughs) Right, right, right. And the truth is, and I was thinking about this not, well, yesterday, because of all these stuff about Star Wars, which I haven't seen, that Star Wars and Star Trek are... Essentially outdated at this point. <laughs> one of one of the glaring features yeah. is the fact that people get older in Star Trek. Yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are things like that that bug bug me all the time. L- like for instance, okay, everyone's getting excited about this. Uh, well, not everyone. Some people are interested in this new sci-fi series. Uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 Oh, well, maybe it'll come to me. It just started, but it's basically this space station, these miners in space, and everything – it's 300 years in the future. 23-something, and I'm going – this is just – they've just transplanted every horrible uh, psychological disposition of people today – with they're fighting over resources and they're just screwing over each other and da 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 and just transplanted it three hundred years in the future. We haven't improved any of that. We're still doing the same stupid stuff. It's just they're on a space station and and now there's groovy technology and this and that. But I go, Wow, that's so to me that's so unimaginative that people are still the same and we're still monkey brained resource hoarders and and things in the in three hundred years. And they're still actually mostly biological, even though there was some mention of some prosthetics when a guy got his arm chopped off. Do you know what I'm talking about? The name of it yet? Uh, I do not. Okay. okay. So people are into it, but I just go. I, I just.
0: Uh, yes, it's unfortunate that people have to make dystopias, but I suppose that utopias would be sort of boring to watch <laughs> after a few episodes.
1: Yeah, that's what – that's – yeah, I, I've always hoped that there, somebody could come up with a good – maybe it exists already – a good story that has – is more positive, which Star Trek is probably an example of it. In general, it's, they run into to problems, but um, at least from the, the Star Trek, you know – people <laughs> the the guys running around on ships all over the galaxy um, they come from they 've solved a lot of these problems in their worlds um, so i 've always thought maybe we could have a thing uh, stories that are fundamentally positive and fundamentally problem solving and problem solved in some ways, uh, but there are some some you know rough spots and people who want to uh, to some somebody to cause some dramatic tension and all that, but still it's not a dystopia uh, overall.
0: And yeah, like Isaac Asimov mm. and the iRobot stories.
1: Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think there's too much dystopia. But, you know, dystopia sells, I guess, you know. If it bleeds, it
0: leads. (laughs) Yeah, and this, uh, this apocalyptic drive or desire, this thanatos, this sick impulse, has been around since the Sumerians, and it's yet another thing we're going to have some trouble combating. Yes. But maybe with a combination of abundance and mm you know, mimetic warfare. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. 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 As
1: long as you you biological types, uh scientist types can keep working on this stuff and figure out some of these solutions to our biology. I think that's what we really need.
0: Alright. We are nearing the hour and a half mark. Oh,
1: how long is it supposed to be?
0: Oh, like I said, between twenty to ninety minutes, wow, okay, okay. we've got an hour and twenty five minutes, okay. and we could you can make some concluding remarks okay
1: uh, what is what's my conclusions um well, let me just uh circle back a little bit and uh we probably didn't. Get to all of the issues, probably left some things hanging about this uh, poly being thing, but um, uh, if I, if people want to check out the whole article it's up on I-E-E-T. I can you have you have a link to it probably the i do okay. so if you if you have you have like show notes or something on your website or
0: probably or or I usually just post a link before okay, i that's can, what I mean yeah, I can mention it in the in the introduction, oh, okay. the audio introduction. Okay. But I've had some run two hours. If there are some dangling bits that we ought to address.
1: Oh, nothing that would take that long. I don't think. I just wanted to make. Sh- I just. I just have a feeling, but what we talked about still would leave anyone with qualms about this still dangling and saying, "What about this? What about that?" Um. But I'm not exactly sure what those would be, uh, but I just have a feeling that they're there. So, uh, well, read the article, and you can get in touch with me if you want to uh, get any clarifications on my weird idea. Uh, just the idea is that uh, uh, here's a, here's a weird point of view I've gotten from talking to people about this it's kind of maybe it's kind of a, a platonic idea of some ideal form or something. It's weird to me, but here's the thing that I got to, I got to, well, okay. If you, there's a copy of you, uh, there's your, your bio, biological version is still there. There's a copy of you or say there's three copies of you. Now to me, I'm proposing that it doesn't make any difference to the universe, to, to the truth of the issue which one of those you would destroy. Or if you destroyed all of them, say you destroyed three of the 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 uh, uploaded ones and the biological one, there's only one uploaded one left. Now, people want to say, well, I'm, I'm gone. I'm the biological one. I am gone. To me, you, what I want people to consider is that they are the, that you may just be, That pattern, that consciousness pattern, which is all-encompassing, which is a big thing. It's not just a a pattern of connected neurons, but it's everything that's you, that's in your brain. And that is you. And for you to still be existing is – that pattern only needs to exist in the universe. And you are still there because it's going to have the same once – and desires and flaws and everything that you have. And so just because this example of it over here is gone, that pattern still exists in the universe. And uh, my contention is that that pattern is you. You are not where you happen to be residing, where your consciousness happens to be residing now. That's how it has always been historically. But I'm saying in this new world, where we can copy a consciousness and move it, and uh, make multiple copies of it. All it matters is that pattern exists and you exist because that is you. It's not, it's not this, this body, this leg, this gushy brain in in your head. It's that pattern that your brain makes that pattern of consciousness that your brain uh, causes to emerge. Maybe we could say. Um, And so even though you feel like, there's been no continuity of consciousness, which people like to say, which is also the name of my blog, just to rub people's nose in it. Um, uh, uh, um, but I'm saying I'm asking people just to consider the idea that that pattern is you. There's nothing else that is you, unless you just accept that there's you know a, a religious idea of of a soul separated from the, the brain or something like that. If that's your point of view, I can't help you. I can't, you'll, you won't accept any of this stuff I'm talking about, but if you don't and you can just accept uh, certain materialist ideas, then there is no difference between you, the thing that you feel is you, your identity, and that collective pattern that has been moved into another place too. That is also you. And, it's you just as valid. It's not a lesser version of you. It is everything that is you assuming we copied it correctly. So that's the idea to think about. And so if you, if your biological one dies and 50 other copies die, as long as there's one pattern of you in the universe existing, you exist. And that's a hard, hard one to accept because we just feel bound to a location to an instantiation in one particular platform. But try to, try to stretch your mind into seeing it as you are your pattern, not you are your locus. All right, that's it. I, I think I said it enough to confuse everyone now.
0: Got it, and now we are at the hour and 30 mark. Oh,
1: perfect. <laughs>